Warning, great marriage advice ahead. Marriage on the Rocks is not a licensed marriage counseling service. Our opinions and methods work for us, so your results may vary. Hey everyone, welcome to our 10th episode of Marriage on the Rocks. I'm Crystal. And I'm Seth. Every week we have a drink with our discussion, and this week we decided to do Moscow Mules. Yeah, Moscow Mules are a one of our favorite kind of refreshing um, summertime drinks. Yeah, anything with lime, I yeah, always love. I love lime. Yeah. Um, if it's easy to make, you do about you know a shot and a half of vodka. We use our, our favorite uh, Smith Works here. Um, do about a half a shot of fresh lime juice and then top it off with the uh, ginger beer, all of it over ice, and the cool little copper mugs, which keeps it ice cold. Yeah. And it's great. Oh, They're so a really, really good summer drink. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so last week we talked about long engagements. Um, if the, you know, we thought that they're a bad thing or a good thing, um, we -hmm. still don't know. (laughs) If you didn't listen to it, listen to it. Yes. You can hear Crystal go off. (laughs) Or someone go off. Yeah. But, so this week we're going to be talking about a healthy sex sex life. Yeah. You know, we, we kind of, we, we knew we were going to talk about this and we kind of wanted to wait till the 10th episode. Um, but it, it was something we were very excited to talk about. I think that. Uh, it's something that, unfortunately, in a lot of relationships, goes undiscussed, mm-hmm. um, and people either settle for the amount of sex that they're having, or it's something they lose the importance or emphasis behind. Or, or typically, it's one person not getting as much sex as they want, and one person feeling like sex has become a chore. Mm-hmm. Um, so we kind of want to just talk about all of that stuff, and ultimately, you know, hopefully, everybody understands and realizes. You can't downplay the sex in your relationship or your marriage. It's mm-hmm. a very, very important factor. And I think that uh, some people may think that we we over-attribute successful relationships to the amount of sex, but I don't I, think I, I don't so. I think so. I think, uh-huh. it's, I, I think having a lot of good sex... And, and I'll say it again, a lot of good sex. Yeah, not, not bad sex. Yeah, not a lot of crappy, you know, <laughs> awful bad sex. Um, but really good sex and frequency is, is going to be completely beneficial mm-hmm. for your relationship and your marriage. Yeah. Um, and it's something that you know, some couples, once again, we've talked about being effortless. Some couples can do it effortlessly. And I think that's kind of where... We fall other couples, you know, you have to work at it a little more. Mm-hmm. Um, I think from personal experience going from my previous relationship where we, you know, we hit a point where sex was maybe once or twice a year mm-hmm. um, to my, our current relationship where we're having sex three to four times a week. Um, definitely big, big differences in satisfaction yeah. with the relationship, big differences on, on how much, you know, we, we communicate and argue or fight compared to, yeah. you know us doing no fighting uh-huh. um, and, and all the, the benefits that come along with the, the amount of good sex and healthy sex life that we have is, like I said, very, very beneficial. Yeah. Well, and, and like you said, we, you've said it before, we don't fight, <laughs> we don't mm-hmm. argue, and I really think that it does have to do with the amount of sex that we have, Yeah. amount of good sex that we have. Mm-hmm. Um, so we, we threw a poll out there this week. We shared an article, um, and 
what exactly did we we asked? Is your partner? Yeah, yeah is, is your, your partner, partner? Yeah, satisfied with the amount of sex that you're having? Yeah, and I think you know we thought about that because it's it's one of those things that when you ask some somebody, are you happy with the amount of sex that you're having? I think that that's that's a relative answer. Mm-hmm. Um, some people happy would be twice a day, seven days a week. Mm-hmm. Um, others, if you're on the unfulfilled side of it, and you're the driver that unfulfilled. You, Twice a month, maybe, mm-hmm. make you happy. Um, but I think that's why it's fun to ask the question, is your partner? Yeah. Because that, once again, we, we, we really like people to reflect on what they do to their partner and, and that their actions and their choices, uh, the consequences that that has on their partner in the relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think that was a really good way to put it. Yeah, um, definitely. And, and, you know, once again, we share the post. We know that hundreds of people saw it and we had... What eight to ten? Yeah, about respond uh, to it. Yeah, which it was know, just, more. Uh, it was more like fifteen, I think. Oh, was it? Oh, yeah, yeah, because yeah, uh-huh. we had it on uh-huh. different platforms. Yeah, but you know, I'm just that leads me to the conclusion that there's a lot of people we know that aren't having very good sex lives because yeah. I think the people that were spoke up right away. Oh yeah, and said, oh yeah, my partner's very satisfied. Yeah, so which you either the- recognize your partner wasn't satisfied and you're embarrassed about it. Yeah, or well, I was happy though that there was people because. I was surprised a little bit that there was more people that said yeah, that said they're they satisfied. Which is great. But yeah. I was also happy that other people were honest mm-hmm. and said, no, they're not yeah, satisfied they're not. with the amount of sex that right. we're having. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's great. I, I don't. And once again, with all of our polls, it's, it's not a right or wrong answer. It's really just fuel for our conversation. Yeah. Um, and, and we really appreciate the people that... Participate on both sides of the story, yeah. and I think that uh, you know we we are very open minded with other people's vision or opinions on why they do the things they do, or even their story of what works for them. I mean, we we want to hear that and, and we want to understand that. It's not that we we've said it before, that, and we I think we say it in our intro that what we do works for us. Mm-hmm. You know, we we would be foolish to think that what we do is going to be the Excuse me. The exact fix it all recipe for everybody. Us, every because the guys aren't me and the girls aren't you. Right. I mean, there's a lot of factors that we each bring into it that makes it work. Mm-hmm. And you can't you can't cover all those and you can't teach somebody all of those. So mm-hmm. yeah. But we 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 want to hear <clears throat> both sides every time we should put that poll out there. Yeah. So make sure you participate. Yeah. It was nice though um, to see to see all the participation. Um, and so with that being said, we also uh, just prepared for this mm-hmm. episode and got some statistics. And, um, so couples that are either married or living together mm-hmm. are having sex on average, on average, <laughs> 51 times a year. Yeah. So a little, a little bit less than once a once week. A week. Mm-hmm. Um, and couples that are, are not couples, just people that are either single or couples that are not living together. Yeah, it, yeah, it, that, that one was a pretty wide net of, mm-hmm. of completely single people, people that were in some kind of a relationship, people that had a boyfriend or girlfriend but don't live with them. Mm-hmm. Um, so anybody that's not living with a partner, yeah. which is anybody that's not living with a partner in that group, was having sex 54 times 54 a year. times a year so a little more than once a week yeah a little more once a week so that's long distance relationships yeah that's single people that you know have sex twice a year that's mm-hmm. um 
couples that spend, you know, the weekend with each other. Yeah. Um, or, or because of their living arrangements or whatever. So it's, it's all kinds of different people in there. So Which, I think that some you don't you don't want to be what we what we weren't trying to prove. And I don't think what the article was trying to prove. The statistic was trying to prove. It wasn't to say that people not in relationships are having sex more than people in relationships mm-hmm. because that statistic included people in relationships. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It did, I know. Well, and um, we talked about it before where... Because I thought that, that you you would think that it would maybe be the opposite because you're living together and... Why, yeah, you're going to have way more opportunities right, for sex. Yes. Than, you know, why so are why you not you having more? Yeah, have more sex? Right. Um, but yeah, I thought that that was, that was uh, kind of a good um, baseline right. for... To see, you know, well, are you are you average mm-hmm. or are you above average or yeah, you know, below average for the whole and, thing? And I think people will look at that statistically differently. I think mm-hmm. you know we we live in a time now where it, you know p- people look uh, for research or data or numbers or whatever to prove their point. They don't look for the counterpoint. They just want to show that they're right. So when you tell a couple that well. On average, married people have sex 51 times a year, mm-hmm. and they are averaging once a week, but one partner wants three times a week. That just gave fuel for the fire for the person that is happy with once a week to say, see, yeah. we're not doing anything wrong at all. Yeah. And don't don't be that person, because mm-hmm. you still need to recognize that your partner's unfulfilled. Yeah. Right, wrong, or indifferent, your partner, you know your partner's unfulfilled. Mm-hmm. He or she has expressed that they are unfulfilled, and you are either going to continue to recognize or unfulfilled and do nothing about it or recognize or unfulfilled and understand it and do something about it. Yeah. Um, but then, unfortunately, there are people out there that are in the same situation that I used to be in, too, where they're like, oh, crap, we're not even average. We're having sex once or twice a year. Yeah. We're not even close to being average. Um, and so, you know. <laughs> I think that's awful, too. Like, I think with people that, that don't have that were are are in your old situation mm-hmm. and only have sex, you know, once or twice yeah. a year once or a even or... once a month. Mm-hmm. I I think it really does something to the person that wants it. And mm-hmm. cuz you really start to think like, well what's wrong with me? Why yeah. aren't you sexually attracted to me anymore? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it it takes a huge um self confidence and self-image toll yeah. on on a person because you're you're rejected you mm-hmm. you 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 whether they mean for you to feel rejected or not that's exactly what happened you mm-hmm. you got rejected um, by someone that you wouldn't think would or should reject you mm-hmm. and and so it, it takes a, a pretty big toll on somebody um, to you know we, we it was funny because I, I I had to take that that uh, leadership personality test when I started working with my company oh, yeah. and I was with my, my previous relationship and I scored really on this kind of passive agreeable realm, which mm-hmm. was not, you know, I guess kind of the, the alpha male type of role. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't think much about it at the time, but then after, I think it was after you and I were even married, uh, but we'd already been dating. Yeah, we were married. No, I no, think it was. We were married. Yeah. yeah, yeah we, we were married. married. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, but because I, I remember taking it at DU, I had to go back to DU and, uh-huh. and, and do it. And I got a completely different score. Yeah. I got a score that I had 
of how my true personality was, but I had been, you know, beaten into submission and had self-image issues when I took it the first time. Yeah, so well, I wasn't confident. And didn't they tell you too that that it doesn't usually happen unless you've had like a life-changing event or yeah. something? Yeah, mm-hmm. that yeah, who you are is what uh-huh. you'll score, whether you're twenty or thirty or forty, uh-huh. unless something has happened. And then yeah. what what we realized is. When I was 20, I would have got the same score that I got when I was almost 40. Mm-hmm. Um, but because I was married in a not-so-great relationship and it created self-image and confidence issues at mm-hmm. the time, that I was, it altered my personality. And yeah. it altered how I perceived myself and how I perceived other people and how I thought other people perceived me. Yeah. And, so it, it, and that's, you know, psychologically, there, there is a real tangible effect to that that rejection feel of a partner that isn't sexually attracted to you or, you know, and, and once again, people, actions speak louder than words. If you're continually telling your partner, oh, I am attracted to you, I am mm-hmm. attracted to you, but you aren't touching them and you aren't having sex with them, guess what? You're not attracted to them. Yeah. So that's a, that's a hard pill to swallow if you're on the other side of that. Yeah. Well, and because and it's so weird because in the beginning of relationships, most couples can't keep your hand, their hands off of each other. Yeah. And, you know, in the beginning, you're having sex constantly. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, something happens and yeah. you're done. Well, and I think that that, 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 that initial um, courtship phase and, and you're you sexually exploring each other mm-hmm. and it's so exciting. And, but, you know, you, you, like, like we've said and you've said before that, you're never going to have as much sex as you do early on in the relationship. Mm-hmm. Doesn't mean that you can't maintain that level. But I think what we typically see is if you're having sex, you know, five or six times a week, after you've been together for a while, that, that number starts to, to dwindle down mm-hmm. to, you know, from five to six to four or five to one to three to once every other week to once every month. And, that, and that's how it was in my previous relationship. It wasn't. It wasn't just all of a sudden, I'm not having sex with you anymore. Mm-hmm. It, was, it was a gradual decline to where it, it, it almost felt like, and I, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not saying that this was it, but it almost felt like to me that it was, well, why are you complaining about having sex once a month? Okay, we'll see how you feel if we have sex once every two months. Mm-hmm. And then, oh, you're still complaining about having sex once a year? Okay, now we'll see how you feel about once Jeez, a quarter. Jeez, that's not nice. And, and that's, that, that was how the... And once again, that's how it felt to me. Uh-huh. And to the point to where it was like, I don't care. You know, wh- whatever. You, you, we're, we're just never going to have sex again. I, uh-huh. I guess that's, that's where we're headed. Uh-huh. Um, and then that's, you know... Do you think that um, maybe some of it uh started when you had to leave for um you know your deployment and all that probably mm-hmm. um that probably had something to do with it being in the military and being gone for you know 6 months at a time and things yeah. like that um Cause you know, cause you, you don't miss it if you're not having it you don't miss having some sex. people don't miss it uh-huh. <laughs> yeah right yeah and i i think <laughs> that yeah i think for for some people that the worst thing to do, and I, I think being the military thing is a bad example for some people. Uh-huh. Um, if you're not having that separation, I think it would be. It was way hard. Yeah, when I was in the military, it wasn't. It wasn't something that I could keep score with uh-huh. or hold yeah. against that person uh-huh. because I wasn't there. Yeah. So that that wasn't hurtful and it wasn't harmful. Uh huh. 
you know, on the day to day, it was way worse coming back and, and then dealing with it. Well, okay, I'm here every day and you should be happy to be with me and you should be happy to see me. And, and then you still didn't want anything to do with me. Uh Um, so I think for a lot of people that, that don't have that separation thing, I think that, I think it's more fair, typical couples that the first drought of no sex is having a kid. Mm-hmm. I think once she has a kid and she has to take whatever that weeks of time off, that's the first time that they have to go without. And I think the the worst cure for lack of sex is having less sex. Uh-huh. The, the longer you go, the more it's almost like you get sexually adapted to it to where you don't crave it as much. Well, that's, that's, I and guess that's it is true for, saying. yeah, for like women though, mm-hmm. right? Women feel that way that they, the let, or do you think I guys, think guys feel, feel that, that way, way too? too. Yeah. Really? I, I, I think that, I think there's a lot of them that wouldn't admit it, uh-huh. but I think that there, I think that there's guys too that, I mean, look, look at the, look at the amount of guys out there that aren't having sex at all. Yeah. I mean, and, and there's women too. Yeah. And I think that those are the people that, you know, will say, well, sex isn't everything and sex isn't that important. Yeah. And, uh-huh. and I'm, I guess I'm not saying that it is, but I think mm-hmm. it's, they really underplay it. Yeah. But I think that guys also, a lot more guys, maybe I'm wrong here too, um, masturbate more than women do though. And like I said, maybe I'm wrong with that. <laughs> I, don't I don't know. The exact you know, I, I, I don't know. Um, I don't know nowadays just mm-hmm. because of technology and yeah and you know people that video game hours and hours and hours on end i don't know if they're taking uh-huh. masturbation or sex breaks i don't know how that right how that works uh-huh. um so i don't know i think we're going to kind of see a shift because of technology of well, sexual so activity going down that's another thing that i found when i was getting when i was preparing for this episode was in the last 10 years that number, that 51 and 54 times a year, mm-hmm. had went down by like 14 times, 14 more times a oh, year. okay. Yeah. And... I, so another two weeks worth of sex... Yeah. ...was gone. Right. Because of... Yeah, what, within, what are they attributed the last, to? Uh, they didn't... Generationally, yeah. people are more preoccupied with other stuff? Mm-hmm. I guess. Yeah. That's so crazy. Which... I don't know. I, I guess maybe it's overexposure. Maybe it's that you can you can watch porn on your phone twenty four hours a day and never have to see a real person to get some kind of sexual thrill. Uh huh. Where I don't know if this makes it better, but you know when I was younger, it was magazines. That was it. That was the only place you could see or movies. Uh-huh. was, you know, a VHS that you had to go to a special store and know somebody to let you borrow one right. or magazines. Uh-huh. And you had to go through some form of, I don't know if I'd say public humiliation, but you had to ask a total stranger for that magazine you wanted to buy or you had to go into the shop and walk out with a black plastic bag with a movie in it. Yeah. It wasn't just, you know, oh, shoot, I have, you know what, I'm gonna, I'm at home I'm in the bathroom on the toilet. I'm just going to watch porn on my phone. I mean, that was that, that's <laughs> yeah. what people do now. And I so know. it's. I think that when you're overexposed to it, it it desensitizes you, mm-hmm. and and maybe you just get enough of that. That and I think that's why you see. Mm-hmm. And I know we're, we're going to do an episode here in the near future about porn. Uh-huh. Um, and I, you know, we're not really taking the traditional stance, but I think that that's why you see people say that oh, porn has. 
porn's addictive or porn mm-hmm. has a negative effect on our sex life. And, and, and we'll get into that then because I think some of that's debatable a bit. Mm-hmm. But I think that that overexposure just gives people more of a sexual outlet that they didn't have before. And I think because of young people's interest in other things that aren't sexual, uh, that yeah, you're like just not the, into it as much. The what is it? The dopamine? Yeah, or, yeah. The whatever right. the the same little whatever affects your brain. You get the yeah. same satisfaction. Yes. Feel from, Video games or uh-huh. or whatever that you do from having sex and yes. other drugs and all that, yeah. Uh-huh. And they and they have actually done studies, so it's like they they're getting that that type of fulfillment elsewhere mm-hmm. in their brain, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And if their partner's not doing the same thing, then once again somebody's unfulfilled. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but um, with I think um, going back to. I guess kind of like what's changed in... Yeah, so, so yeah, going back to early on the relationship, and once again, if you're in an early relationship and you're already at that average point, you need to get out. <laughs> I mean, and find somebody that find, you're... Yeah, find someone that's going to be equally sexually... Compatible. Compatible mm-hmm. and equally sexually uninhibited. And I think that, you know, a lot of it, once again, it goes to what we seem to always have a common theme of, Somebody that you're compatible with. And, and compatible doesn't just mean you like the same shows on Netflix. It's, mm-hmm. it's so much more than that. Um, well, I think that th- those little things are very big and part of it. Yeah. But it, it should come from sexual place as well. Mm-hmm. You know, are, are you sexually compatible? Is well, it, are is you comfortable it... with enough right. with each other? Mm-hmm. Are you... To, talk, to even have a conversation about yeah. it. Yeah. There's a lot of people that are too embarrassed to even talk to their partner about their own sex life, which yeah. is so weird to me. Uh-huh. Of how this is this is who you chose to be with and spend time with and live with and probably marry and hopefully you're going to be with forever. Yeah. And you're too freaking embarrassed to talk about sex. Yeah, that's it's weird. <laughs> it is weird, but I think that um, well, you said you touched on it a little bit about. Um, having kids, you know, yeah. that's so the why first does it drought. Stop? Yeah. Uh-huh. Why, why, why does it go from multiple times a week to mm-hmm. a few times a year or mm-hmm. once a month or whatever, whatever that level of unfulfillment you may be at? Why, what change? And I think, you know, mm-hmm. like I said, I think that the first drought is the kids. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that, I mean, we, we know couples that have multiple kids mm-hmm. and still have a healthy sex life, especially if they've got six or seven kids. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> they obviously have some kind of healthy sex life. Right. Uh-huh. Um, but I, I think then you, you find people like that that have found a good solution and a workaround and take advantage and make time for yeah. sex in their relationship. Yeah. And then I think there's another side of that of couples that use the kids as the excuse as to why they don't have sex. Mm-hmm. And I think that like anything and everything that you pursue or have in your life what you care about, you'll make time for. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you aren't making time for sex with your partner, you don't care about it. Yeah. So. Well, I think um, with with kid or with people having kids and making it an excuse, they you know they'll be like, oh, I'm too tired, and you know I don't want to I don't want to have sex tonight. Mm-hmm. Or even um, what's that one? It knocked up right where she, the lady's like, oh, I'm constipated. Yeah. Or do you still want to have sex? Yeah. Like, <laughs> No, Not thanks. now. Yeah, no, thank you. you know? and, and I know that mm-hmm. I know that you know there's 
and I think that, that there's women that will deny this, but I know that there are people out there that will try to do or say something repulsive to turn their partner off. Yeah. You know? Uh-huh. And, and say something gross about, uh-huh. you know, their sexual parts or something just uh-huh. to try to flip that switch down and be like, maybe if I... And that, that's just... I, I couldn't imagine ever being like, what can I think of or do or say that's going to turn my partner off? Yeah. That is just... That's so wrong. That is so weird to me. It's like, why would you not want to have a a hot, passionate life, mm-hmm. you know, as often as you can. Yeah. I, I just, I don't understand that that, that thought process yeah. behind it. Um, but I, I think that, you know, because of the kids, as, as life gets busy, people's priorities change. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of times people underplay, like we said at the beginning, people underplay the importance of sex. And so it's one of those things that it's like, well, if it's getting... You know, six, five hours of sleep or four and a half because I have to have 30 minutes of sex with my partner, I'm taking the five hours of sleep. Yeah. And when you when you put it in that scenario, you've just now prioritized that you would rather do nothing at all but shut your eyes than be sexually active with your, your partner yeah. who cares about you, loves you, and wants to be sexually active with you. I know. Gosh. Well, and, you know, you see people cheat and stuff, too. And, and then, you know, the person, the other person's wondering why they cheated mm-hmm. and it's like, well, were you, <laughs> were you wanting, were you having sex right. with your partner in the first place mm-hmm. to keep them happy? Yeah. I mean, I know. I, I don't think there's an excuse for cheating. No. I mean, God, even no. going through my yeah. no sex at all, I wouldn't have cheated. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was extremely careful to make sure that I wasn't put in situation put in a situation where I was going to be tempted because I knew how I knew how weak I would have been if if a woman had shown interest in me mm-hmm. sexually and I if somebody during that point if 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 somebody had showed interest I I think looking back I probably would have mm-hmm. um, but I just made sure that that never happened I just I didn't have anybody else I didn't have anybody the opposite sex number in my phone I didn't communicate with anybody outside of work um, and it, it wasn't because I was this, you know, this, this upstanding, loyal type of husband. It was because I was, I was afraid that something that you might yeah, do, something that I would do. Uh-huh. And I didn't want to be the one responsible for the demise of the relationship. Um, yeah. and it was all for nothing anyway, but, yeah. but I think that, but I see how I do see and understand, not that it's excusable, but mm-hmm. I do see and understand how. How people in a relationship where they aren't being sexually fulfilled, um, because it's not that intimacy is more than sex. But I do firmly believe if you aren't having sex, I doubt you're being intimate. Mm-hmm. Um, you're not being sensual. You're not touching each other. You're not, you know, rubbing each. You're not rubbing your partner's leg or whatever when you're sitting there watching TV. Mm-hmm. You're 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 not doing other things in any type of sexual manner because if you were guess what it would lead to sex yeah uh-huh. um you avoid those situations mm-hmm. you you avoid the touching you avoid the the alone time ends up becoming uncomfortable mm-hmm. and weird because there's a partner that's afraid it's going to end in sex which once again that's asinine mm-hmm. oh my gosh well i don't want to be alone with my partner tonight because they're going to want to have sex again yeah. <laughs> you know gosh I know. 
Well, and I think that that like that's very important to one to to be sensual and and all that, but make time for your partner and flirt with them. Start flirting early on in the day and mm-hmm. stuff and and do touch each other and stuff. I think that that is it's super important to to do all that stuff and and keep you sexually attracted to each other. Mm-hmm. And I I've I've said it before with um with being sexually attracted it, it also goes with yourself too and being um being confident in yourself too. Yeah. Uh, and and I think that that's you know that that that's a big a big piece of it. Um, you know when when we you go through the timeline of of what changed and mm-hmm. why people quit having sex. I think you know a a typical issue that occurs is once somebody has a child, they don't feel the same. Mm-hmm. They they don't look the same. They don't feel the same. And I think it's really hard for a woman to when they they don't see themselves as sexy, mm-hmm. then they don't feel sexy and. Having sex is the last thing they want to do, yeah. Um, because they have a hard time, you know, even potentially, you know, looking at themselves naked, and they don't want their partner to see them. What do you think a partner can do in that type of situation to make their partner feel what make their wife feel sexy? I, you know, I I don't really know the the best answer for that because, because I think that so many of them are different. I uh-huh. think that you you have some guys that. That really, truly, it, it's not a turnoff. They're, they're not, it's not that, ugh, mm-hmm. my wife doesn't look like she did when we were dating and this, this child's wrecked her body and now she's covered in stretch marks and things are different. I think that a lot of times the woman is the one thinking that and they project it and are assuming that that's what the man is thinking, mm-hmm. which makes it very difficult for the guy because yeah. it's the do I look fat in these jeans scenario, but amped. By a hundred. Yeah. Because it's like, well, I'm not going to sit here and tell you you don't have stretch marks. I'm not going to sit here and tell you that your body didn't change. Mm -hmm. But I am telling you, it doesn't bother me. And I'm not grossed out by Uh it. I'm not. I don't have a problem with it. I'm still sexually attracted to you. Um, I still want to have sex with you. But I don't really know if there's anything that they can say or do that's really going to change the woman's mind. I think a lot of that unfortunately falls on her yeah but i do think maybe that he can he can flirt with her or or touch her sensually and and stuff like that and maybe maybe it would help well, what about the girl that's like oh, don't 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 touch me yeah i don't know she's just a bitch yeah <laughs> i don't know <laughs> or when he's like hey you're looking really good but i think that that's i think one of the things that guys go to is they're like Oh man, your boobs are so big. Yeah. Like, you know, and that's kind of a a go-to compliment that can't really be denied, mm-hmm. but I I don't know. I mean, I I don't really I don't think there's really one yeah. one good set of answer. I think a lot of it kind of goes back to what what you you were kind of starting to say with with them with the person needing to feel confident. Mm-hmm. Um you know, and and I think that there there's certain things that that people need to do and it's a very slippery slope for the guy because if she's like well i gained all this weight i haven't lost the baby weight i mean what what do you say when you when you when you have the partner that says that Mm -hmm. well i I had the baby and haven't lost the baby weight but you know well they're not eating better they're not working out they're not going to the gym they're not doing anything 
to fix it, but they still want to complain about it. Mm -hmm. And they want to talk about how bad they feel because of it. Mm -hmm. And they want to talk about all the effects and the negative effects they have because of their self-image now and the change in their bodies and, you know, loose skin, stretch marks, and all this other stuff that comes along with it, but they aren't taking any steps to fix it. And Mm -hmm. I don't know if, does that person really want to change or are they wanting someone to say, you know, well, you here's your get out of jail free card. Don't you don't ever have to change at all. Mm-hmm. Keep getting bigger. Keep you know whatever you want to say. I, I don't know what they want because you hear people say, "Well, I want to get back down to size whatever before I was pregnant," mm-hmm. but then they don't do anything to do it. Mm-hmm. And but the the negative effect of that is is not just that they're bigger, it's their self-confidence. They're not having sex with their partner, and it leads to what we're talking about today. Mm-hmm. And so there's that domino effect, but they don't really want to take the time and the effort that it's going to take and the hard work to get themselves to the point where they're going to be self-confident and, and have a better self-image and be happier in their own skin. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, like, it's, it's kind of like shit or get off the pot. Either, mm-hmm. you wanna, either you want to fix it or you don't. And mm-hmm. if you don't, that's fine. But if you choose you don't want to, you're not allowed to keep complaining about it. <laughs> right. I think um, being overweight before myself and um, and seeing, I mean, I was, I was definitely pretty confident for, uh, for the, I guess, the way I yeah, looked. For somebody that was 50 pounds overweight. bigger and outweighed their partner. Uh, yeah, right. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I outweighed you yeah. <laughs> at that time. And I was very confident. But having that much sex all the time, I started to lose weight just from having sex. Right. Too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> so that, just, that, that's so your just answer. Have just have sex. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> just have sex. Get your cardio in that way. Uh-huh. It's, it's going to help you lose weight. You're going to burn <laughs> some fat. You're going to, you know, slim down a little bit. You're going to definitely sweat some of it out. Yeah, <laughs> so a lot. <laughs> crank up the heater and, <laughs> and have, have some hot, sex. Yeah, hot, hot sex. Yeah, it's better yeah. than hot yoga. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. You know? Uh-huh. At least you're burning more calories. I know. <laughs> yeah. But I think that, um, I, I mean, yeah, kids is the is the biggest thing. Um, uh, any type of life-changing type of events that, yeah. that you know, prevent well, people I, from having sex. I think grief is a big one. Uh-huh. I think that, you know, and we, we've seen examples of that with, 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 with people we've known or, or, you know, we've been close to with, um, you know, the loss of a loved one, the loss of, you know, whether it's a, a miscarriage or, you know, some type of grief, you know, the, that losing someone close to you is definitely a life-changing event. Mm-hmm. And that knocks you off the rails a little bit. And I think with that stuff, it takes patience. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that, you know, in, in certain instances, you're going to need some outside influence and help, whether it's a therapist or a counselor or something to kind of help get you back in line mm-hmm. yeah so i know yeah that's that's something that's kind of that's out of our yeah i'm not going down that that yeah. path for that stuff uh-huh but i think that it's it is weird though just to just to kind of look back at stuff and and think really think well why why were we having sex so much in the mm-hmm. beginning yeah why what were why was i so sexually attracted to you in the beginning mm-hmm. You know what's changed from from then to now, and yeah, you know, are we are we still interested in the same things? Mm-hmm. And I don't know. Yeah, did did 
you know, has there been some kind of external influencer? Has there, and one of the things, I mean, what is, did something happen? Mm-hmm. Did, did, did something embarrassing or borderline gross or what? I don't even know what example to give, but did something happen sexually mm-hmm. that turns you off from having sex with that, that person? Mm-hmm. Um, well, you need to be, you need to communicate yeah. those types of things. You need to to talk about sex with mm-hmm. each other. And I, I don't know. I don't understand how couples can be married and not, and feel uncomfortable talking about sex. Yeah. That's just weird to me. Mm-hmm. Really, really odd. Yeah. You know, and, and I, I think that, you know, everybody, it's really cliche to say, you know, communication is key. Um but I think when it comes to something like sex, you, you just have to. Um, you have to communicate what you like, what you don't like, what you know, what you think about it, how often you think about it, all that stuff. You shouldn't be, you know, we, we've said it in all other different scenarios, you should be completely comfortable around your partner and be you. Mm-hmm. You know, you should be able to be you around your partner. Mm-hmm. Um, and there are some things that are going to be very uncomfortable to have a conversation about. But you can either pretend to ignore it and just let things get less and less and less or, you know, the frequency of sex is less and less or things are getting worse and worse or whatever you want to call it. Um, Or you can have that uncomfortable conversation and get it on the table and then move on and move past it. Yeah. Uh Uh-huh. Well, I I think, like, going to talking about what you like, what you don't like about sex and, you know, different stuff, one thing that was funny and you've you've mentioned it in another episode was us taking the Cosmo quiz. Yeah. And that's a that's a fun thing to do as a couple. Mm-hmm. Like get a Cosmo magazine. They always have quizzes in them. Right. Take the quiz together and it'll kind of get, you know, things going, you know, like your mind thinking about, oh, well, mm-hmm. that would be fun. Or, you know, yeah. and, and I, I think that um, in in that in that 70s show, mm-hmm. you know, Kitty does the little, she takes the little quiz on there too. Yeah. And it's it's just a fun thing to, to do. And maybe it might help with not feeling so uncomfortable. Right. Yeah. Th- there's, there's definitely easier ways to have the conversations mm-hmm. or you know, get enlightened behind it. Um, if you're not fully comfortable having that, that conversation, mm-hmm. I think that, you know, with you and I, and I know there's other couples like this, that we can just flat out ask the other person, mm-hmm. you know, would you like this or would you like that? Or would you ever want to try this or, or whatever it may be? And you're going to ha- ask an honest question, give an honest answer. Um, you know, and I think that, I think it's very important to find out your compatibility level through the courtship. Mm-hmm. I'm not a big advocate of wait until you get married to have sex. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that that's sometimes can be very damaging mm-hmm. to a relationship. I mean, especially if you end up with somebody that's not very good at it mm-hmm. or you don't enjoy it or there's something that, you know, isn't satisfying you. You're still going to be unfulfilled, but now you're stuck with somebody unfulfilled with and it's too painful or hurtful to bring it up at this point. Yeah. Um, now I know that's completely contradictory to a religious perspective on it, mm-hmm. but... Uh, you know, I, I think that <clears throat> as you get to know one another through that courtship, you should gradually start to be more comfortable having those conversations. Yeah. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, so, but I, I think that, you know, when we, when we look at um, 
know, what else has changed, there, there, there is there sometimes that level of, um, you know, we talked about kind of the, the self image and, and things like that, but the sexual attraction that you would expect someone to have or that they used to have, um, you know, unfortunately, sometimes the side effect of change is you've changed, you know, you've, you've changed physically, you've changed how you take care of yourself. And this is for guys and girls. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think that well, people I, let themselves go yeah. like not, not with like, I mean, like I said before, not necessarily the gaining weight, weight or anything, Yeah, but you, you stop putting makeup on and stuff when when you feel quote unquote comfortable right in your relationship and you you stop yeah getting ready you wear your pajamas all day long or mm-hmm. something and you don't put on a cute little outfit and make yourself feel pretty i mean i'm speaking for girls obviously but right. guys as well right well and, and and you see it with guys that that tend to kind of go down this um, a little more gross path of not taking care of themselves mm-hmm. and you know, uh, senses are a big part of sexual attraction and how you interact sexually. And if you smell like freaking bo and onions, dude, oh. you're not turning your oh. wife on. So if you're if you're complaining about your <laughs> wife or your partner not having more sex with you, and you're a steaming pile of bo covered axe body spray, Gross. you've got to fix that. Yeah. Um, and so there are things of you know, of course, when you say letting yourself go, it's it's not. It's not always just physical attributes. Yeah. It's it's other things, and and there's there's those little side things as far as attentiveness and attention and the sensuality piece and the flirtatious behavior. And mm-hmm. you hear people say, "Well, when we first started dating, you know, he would send me flowers, or mm-hmm. you know, he was very spontaneous, and now he's not." And and we've just gotten comfortable with each other, and we've become roommates. Mm-hmm. And that's a very common oh, yeah. type of scenario. Well, that, that didn't happen overnight. Mm-hmm. It started to happen. And and unfortunately, when it starts to happen, that's when you need to address it. Mm-hmm. If you've waited until you've already hit the point where you're having sex once a year, you don't ever do anything together. He looks bad and smells bad, and you run around in a moo-moo with curlers in your hair all the time. It's too late. <laughs> You know, yeah. I mean, you 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 need to address that stuff as it's as it's happening, uh-huh. or it's time for if you have hit that point, it's time for a, a life overhaul and makeover, not just physically, but how do you guys reengage with one another, uh-huh. and talk about what you guys used to do sexually that was fun. Yeah. Hey, remember that time we went to this hotel, blah, blah, whatever the story is, mm-hmm. re-engage that thought process. Plan a vacation to your special place. You know, make time, and you've already said it, make time to be with one another. Mm-hmm. Make sex a priority. And you and your partner and your sexual relationship should come over a lot of other stuff that's happening in your life. Mm-hmm. But people just choose not to do that. Yeah. Uh, because it's an easy thing to start pushing aside. I know. But it's a, the, the negative effects of pushing aside can be very detrimental to your relationship and your happiness and fulfillment and all the other stuff we've been talking about. Uh-huh. I know. Well, and yeah, like like I said before, you you need to you need to start Well, I I think that um well, we've talked about it. I, I don't know if I've I've said it, but um about some people even schedule their mm-hmm. their sex. Yeah. And I think that 
I think that that it's, sometimes it's necessary. Yeah, sometimes yeah. it is. If if you're that busy, if you have that busy a schedule with work and kids and life, and you have to schedule and carve out time for sex, then you have to. Mm-hmm. Um, the the pushback to that is usually well, then it's not spontaneous. But when you say it's not spontaneous, you say, well, I'm not going to schedule it, and it's not spontaneous, so that means we're just not going to have it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but at the same time, you, it doesn't have to feel like a chore. It right. doesn't have to. Even even if you have it scheduled for that day, you can, you early in the morning, you can, um, you know, one of you be getting ready for work, and, um, and then, you know, like maybe whispering in each other's ear like oh i can't wait for tonight or or show you know get dressed in front of your husband and mm-hmm. and get naked and then yeah. give, give him that mental image all day long and flirt with each other throughout the day yeah you know te- the the little sexy texts and things like that are are a huge part of whether you want to call it foreplay or anticipation or whatever it is. I mean, if you, you know, send your partner a, a sexy little picture or a sexy little text, you know, first thing in the morning and kind of keep that stuff going, that's a really fun and engaging way to build anticipation mm-hmm. and to, you know, turn each other on um, and to, you know, really connect in, in an intimate, fun, sexual way. Mm-hmm. And once again, if you aren't comfortable doing that, you've got to figure out how to work through that. Yeah. Um, you say stuff like that, people are like, oh, I would never do that. Well, that's why you're not having sex and your partner's not happy. <laughs> Sometimes yeah. you got to step outside of your comfort zone and do something that, and I bet if you do it, once you see the reaction, you're, you're going to be happy with the results. Um, mm-hmm. You know, one of the things, one of the things that, that happens, and, it's, and I'll kind of talk about both sides of it, but... You, you'll see, and, and I'll, I'll, I'll use it from, you know, the, the woman not wanting to have sex with the guy as much as he does with her, how, you know, maybe you aren't having sex very much, and then you go weeks or months, and then you finally have it, and it's unfulfilling, it's over, it's done with, and you're like, see, this is why we don't do it. Mm-hmm. But the flip side of that is, is, is if you were having sex more, your sex would get better, mm-hmm. your sex would get longer, and it would be... Practice, practice makes perfect. Yeah, practice makes perfect people. <laughs> Just keep having more sex. Yeah. That's 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 the answer to all of it. But at the same time, if you're that guy and you're completely pestering and hammering your your wife to have sex with you and she doesn't want to and she finally gives in and she's expecting, you know, ribeye steak and you serve up a freaking junior whopper from Burger King, <laughs> It's not going to be satisfying. So, you, I mean, you can't keep giving her that crappy menu choice. Yeah. You need to figure out what you're doing and step up your game and yeah. make it fulfilled. But it, it, it's equally balanced on both sides. Uh-huh. Yeah. I know. Well, I think, like, um, guys, like, you can't just expect your wife to to just be sexually attracted to you just because. Yeah. You have to do things. Mm-hmm. To make her sexually attracted to you. Right. Well, and that's how, that's why we brought up in the what do you bring to the table is, uh-huh. as the sensuality piece uh-huh. is, is, is a big piece of that. And it ties into this exact same type of scenario right here where, you know, if you aren't enticing that that partner of yours, I don't know what you're doing. Mm-hmm. I think that some guys have a very skewed vision of 
how to flirt or properly court their own partner into having sex that, um, you know, that that they, they, they don't really know what to do. Like, well, what, what do I, I mean, are you saying I, you know, I should send her like a dick pic in the morning or something? (laughs) Well, for some, for some people that works, Uh but maybe not your partner. So you have to figure out. What, what it is, maybe your partner is a little more shy and a little more conservative and that stuff is, you know, is not that big of a turn on to her. So you'd maybe have to shoot her little quotes or sweet little things that yeah. you've seen. It doesn't have to be sexual. It uh-huh. can be more sweet and soft and romantic. Um, but once again, that's you have to be in tune and know what your partner likes uh-huh. and know what they're into. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, once again, you know, what, what, I would say works for me may not work for you because your partner is completely different. Yeah. I know you can't, you can't just be like, Oh, I want to bang. Yeah. And come on, let's just, let's, let's do it. And you just got home and you were working construction all day and you were all sweaty and (laughs) you're all gross. Yeah. And then you expect your wife to have sex with you, mm-hmm. all gross and nasty, and just be, and yeah. you just say, "I want to bang." Mm. Oh yeah, let's let's do it, honey. Yeah, you can't wait till you go into bed and be like, "Hey, you're not gonna fall asleep while I'm in here taking a dump, are you?" I really want to do it. <laughs> oh my gosh! Well, that's another <laughs> that's another episode that we can <laughs> we can get into. Is About that, the gross couples. Yeah, yeah. that's that's gross. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, and some some people just completely shoot themselves in their own foot mm-hmm. uh, of to why they're not having it. And but I do think that for every one of those people that are sabotaging their own sexual relationships at home, there is that frustrated individual that's like, I don't know what else to do. Uh-huh. You know, I I I you know I'm I'm attentive, I'm sweet, I'm caring, I'm you know try to be sensual, but my partner doesn't like it when I touch them. You know, and and that's where it gets tough. It's like, yeah. well, you you've got to communicate. You've got to open up about it. Once you do have that that sexual encounter, even if it is three months down the road, talk about it the next day. Mm-hmm. Wasn't that great? You know, wasn't yeah. that I, I, oh, that, that was, was, so that was hot. awesome? Yeah, yeah, it was really hot. How we did this and that, and and keep engaging that. And I think that as you find you have that conversation, that it's going to keep the thought process fresh. It's going to um, be on their mind. It's going to be on your mind, and it's going to you know, hopefully lead to more, more sex, sex down the road. Yeah. Um, but, you know, it's it's one of those things where some people, you know, we, we've talked about being effortless. For some, it is effortless. For mm-hmm. for us, it's it's just a part of our relationship. And, and I, I wish that that's how everybody's relationship was, but we know, we know it's not. Mm-hmm. We know that there are a lot of sexually frustrated and sexually deprived and sexually unfulfilled partners and couples out there that don't know what to do. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I, I, I feel like we tend to go down this path a lot when we talk, but I gave everybody kind of an example at the beginning of what my sexual life used to be with my old partner and what it is now. Mm-hmm. Um, once again, I've said it probably five times on half the episodes we've talked about. Sometimes the grass is greener <laughs> yeah. on the other side. I know. Um, I know. We do, we do talk about that a little a little too much. Yeah, because... Everybody's going to be like, well, there's a solution to everything. Get, get divorced. divorced and go find somebody else. <laughs> right. And it's not, but sometimes it is. Yeah, sometimes it is. It really is. And, uh, I don't know. Sex is... It's just one of the most important things. Yeah. 
in a relationship and you have to make time for it. Mm-hmm. You don't want to be roommates. No. You don't want to just turn into roommates. I mean, it's... And, le- and once again, I, I think I've kind of said this before in other scenarios, but uh, show me a couple that both people are like, you know what, we are completely happy not having sex. I don't want to touch her and she don't want to touch me and we're great. Okay. You know, come on our show. I have a ton of questions for you. <laughs> Let us know if you exist out there. You're funny. But I'm willing to bet that that's not the case. Yeah. Somebody is completely feeling left out. Mm-hmm. Somebody is completely hurt and feels rejected mm-hmm. and doesn't feel sexually attractive to anyone. Mm-hmm. And they're taking hits to their self-esteem and their own self-image. And it's not only damaging them, it's damaging their relationship, and it's causing resentment. Mm-hmm. Um, guaranteed, nine out of ten of your fights are deeply rooted in the fact that you aren't having more sex with the yeah. other person. Even if it's over which side of the bread somebody puts peanut butter on. Uh-huh. It's like, well, shit, you didn't put any peanut butter on my bread last night, <laughs> so I ain't putting peanut butter on your bread today. Well, and it's funny because, like, <laughs> you, how you, 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 to- you were telling me, like, how often do I get irritated, and when is that time that I usually get irritated? We don't fight mm-hmm. or argue or anything, but there is times where I get irritated, and most of those times are after I've been on my period for a while and we hadn't had sex. Yeah. <laughs> and right. so, yeah, it just, if you, went the, for it, me. The, the lack of sex is going to create, little things become big things. Uh-huh. Irritation happens more. Um, mm-hmm. Those nothing fights that are pointless happen more. And, and, and like I said, it's, it's probably a lot of it is just rooted in somebody being unfulfilled sexually. Mm-hmm. When If it wasn't, I mean, if you're having all these little fights, chances are you're not having very much sex. Mm-hmm. And I guarantee you that if you start having more sex, you're going to see those little fights mm-hmm. not happening. Right. And, and what you don't want to do, though, is... is I, I, I think that sometimes people turn sex into this bargaining chip to whether give it up or withhold. And I think that yeah. if, if you're doing that in a fun, flirty, you know, cutesy way, I think that that's fine. But if, if you are really like, well, you didn't, you didn't, you know, clean off the sinks the way that I like them cleaned off. So we're not having sex tonight. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, if, if you, if you vacuum tomorrow and, and do this, then we'll have sex tonight. Yeah. Um, that's, that's, I know I read articles about that too, that, that people let a lot of women admit to, to doing that. To withholding sex or using it as a bargaining using tool. Using it as a bargaining tool. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh-huh. I think that you can use it as a bargaining tool after the, after the fact. Uh-huh. Like, well, wasn't that really hot last night? Don't I deserve <laughs> this today? <laughs> Right. And chances are the guy's going to be like, yeah, you're right. Yeah, you do. You deserve yeah. it. <laughs> and, and that's fine. But I think, that, I think that a lot of times people people assume that there's this unrealistic expectation involved with sex. Mm-hmm. That there's this whole like fantasy level of sex that they can't reach with their partner. And that there, it's, it's, a, it's a myth that couples have sex more than... Twice a month. Mm-hmm. And that's how my ex was whenever I would, you know, whenever we would talk. Because I tried to communicate. I tried to talk to her about it. I tried to have conversations with her. And, you know, I would, I hated talking to other people. Um, and so I really wouldn't bring up our shortcomings with it. But I would listen to what other people said. And I'd be like, you know, the guys I work with, you know, they're, 
They're, they're having sex all the time. So-and-so went home at lunch tw- three times a week, and they have sex. And she would just dismiss it. No. People don't do they're that. They're lying. They're lying. <laughs> Married couples don't do that. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so I was like, okay, well, maybe they are lying. And then I would hear... Women. Women tell stories of how often they were having sex with their husbands. And I'm like, well, what the hell? What gives? Are they all lying? And then I found out, of course, after we got divorced and I was with you, that... There may have there may have been some half truths with mm-hmm. some of it, but they weren't lying. Yeah. There are couples out there that have a lot of sex during the week that are married, mm-hmm. that have been married for years, that still have sex, that are still sexually fulfilled, mm-hmm. and that does exist. Yeah, and, and it's not this myth, and it's not this unattainable thing. But I don't know if it takes you know meeting the right person, or if there are just some people out there that are so. Um, just non-sexual mm-hmm. that it's not that maybe their right partner is also someone that is non-sexual mm-hmm. like you know i don't like to have sex very often and i need a partner that doesn't like to have sex either yeah but then like uh, i like to think that <laughs> you need to find that right partner that the sex is absolutely awesome and mm-hmm. you both were i guess Made for each other. Yeah. You know? Well, and I think that, you know, you you said it whenever we've talked about this, you know, uh, just personally about it, that um, you think that people that say that they're not into sex just haven't had Uh good sex. Yeah. Uh Uh-huh. Or they, or even the term good sex is relative. Mm Mm-hmm. You know? And, And it's one of those things where, once again, going back to the myth, that... You know, some women, depending on their ability to relax or ability to be fully engaged in sex or their partner's ability, not to put it on them, but or their partner's ability, mm-hmm. um, a woman that never orgasms or orgasms, you know, once or twice a year, if they have if they have a girl tell them, well, I orgasm every time I have sex, they'll be like, no, you don't. Yeah, you're That's lying. not true. Uh-huh. Yeah, and it's like, well, no, that, that is completely true. Uh-huh. But it, you know, it takes that compatibility piece. Mm-hmm. Um, and, or maybe some personal thing that you need to overcome or look into to figure out how to enjoy sex more. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and, and I think that there's a lot of dismissive stuff out there. You know, you, you, you hear even stuff as simple as, as, as kind of going back to the porn thing of, well, porn is very unrealistic. I, I will give you that to the point of maybe the stories and the plots are mm-hmm. completely unrealistic, but in a safe world, the style of, of sex or sexual positions or whatever it is, is attainable mm-hmm. <laughs> in the real world. Yeah. And if you are, you know... Got to figure out what you like. Yeah, figure out what yeah. you like. And you're not going to know what you like if you don't try something new. Yeah. If, if you're a boring, you know, lights off, leave your boxers on and pull it through the, the pee hole <laughs> oh, and keep the lights gosh. off and get on top of me... That's awful sex. Yeah. You know? Yes. You, you, you do something more. Try some different positions. Try Be open. something fun. Be open. And going back to the communication, freaking talk about it. Mm-hmm. Have a conversation about what you like and, and what you don't like and what you would like to try. This within reason. I mean, you, once again, you, you, you don't want to give somebody an open book and say, you know, you're not allowed to go back and be like, you know, well, I'm, I'm getting... 
I bought you know four hundred dollars worth of bondage equipment today, and we're gonna try that. You could <laughs> oh scare your gosh, partner, I know. you know. Yeah, uh, I know. Go really, yeah, extreme with it, right? <laughs> but I, but I think that there, there's there's a lot of people that have associated hot, passionate sex with this fantasy that they think that the media has created. That you know they read a Fifty Shades of Grey book and and say, well. Having hot, passionate sex like that in that book is, that's all made up. And it's just, it's a fantasy. And it's like, well, no, it's not. You can not. make that fantasy yeah, a reality. Yeah, you can make that fantasy reality mm-hmm. with the right person mm-hmm. and the, the right communication. And, right. But I think that because of that, you tend to see people dismiss the type of good sex that they could be having. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know. And they write it off and don't try for it and it doesn't happen and... It just continues to be a myth to them. I know. And it's not real. And it's like, well, it, that's that's your life. That's <laughs> you, You've chosen not to pursue that, and it's it's not going to happen the way you want it to. Yeah. So I guess ultimately, at the end of the day, what you need to do if... <laughs> one, you need to figure out, well, do I want to be average or do I want to be above average? Yeah. Um, everyone, you should probably strive for <laughs> to be above average. Right. And which is having sex more than once a week. Yes, have sex more than <laughs> once a week, and um, make time for each other. Do do all. Make sure that you are going on date nights. Mm-hmm. Um, that that's so funny because we we have we we have some friends that are like we just don't have time. Uh-huh. We don't have anybody to watch the kids. We don't, and they come up with a hundred and one reasons as to why they can't do it. But we have the exact amount, if not more, people that somehow find a way to make it work. Mm-hmm. If your only opportunity is to have sex first thing in the morning... Have sex first in the morning. Morning sex is awesome. Yeah. Have sex in the morning. Mm-hmm. Do that. I mean, it, but some people just, once again, find a way to make it work. They fit it in. They have a healthy sex life. And they have the exact same challenges and pressures and time constraints and responsibilities and commitments that you do. Mm-hmm. You have just chosen to not make sex a priority. Yeah. And everybody thinks they're special. And they're like, well, you know, well, they're saying this because, you know, they only have two kids and, and we have three. Okay, well, if you tell me that, I'll show you another couple that has six that's still having more sex <laughs> than you. Yeah. So it's it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. I mean, I mean, you know. We still say that you know we're having three to four times a week, and I travel mm-hmm. quite a bit. Yeah. And if I'm going to be in town for three days, we're guess having, what? We're having <laughs> sex those three days. Yes. You know, and so it's it put all the excuses out. I mean, mm-hmm. it, people can always come up with reasons to not do something. Yeah. But it's very. It's it just takes a little bit of commitment, and it's very important to make sure that it happens. Yes. Yes. So. Have sex uh, <laughs> after this episode. Yeah. <laughs> um, flirt with your partner mm-hmm. and um, and then thank us later. Yeah. Um, but so next week we are going to be talking about money and finances. Yes. Oh, we we listed it listed it today of the three things people fight about. Uh huh. There's kids, money, and sex. We've already talked about sex. Uh-huh. So we'll talk about money. Yeah. So thanks again for listening. Don't forget to subscribe to our channel. Um, like us on Facebook, follow us on Instagram, and um, follow us on SoundCloud as well. Yep. Thanks again and have a good week. Thanks. <laughs>